Are you your steam over sauna? Oh, not not even in question. Really? Yes. See, the thing with me is steam creeps me out. I feel like all the all the steam is touching everyone and then touching me. I don't get that feeling with sauna. Sauna is just like a it's a struggle in there. I like the struggle. Well, it's hidden gross in there. Yeah. What up? Welcome to Better Coverage. Hold up. Wait a minute. Thing to note, I don't know if my parents are going through a midlife crisis or something, but I got more presents this year than I did as like a child. It was what? chaos. Yeah, I got a bike. I got an a iPad. Bike? Well, I asked for it. It's like, it was from gotcha. some some online retailer that I told them had like a 50% off deal. You have to build it at home, et cetera. But I still got a bike for Christmas. There's other Dang. things I kept getting. I had like 15 presents. I don't know. My mom's retired. She had a lot more time to shop. But I, if this continues, if I'm at like 40 getting a bunch of presents. <laughs> yeah, nice know. job. Nice job. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was good this year. What is your opinion on eggnog? Um, I'm not about it. Have you ever like housed it with liquor? Not notably. I think I've tried it maybe like once and didn't love it. Which brings huh. me to my ne- next point is that I feel like the holidays are supposed to be like a time to refresh and rewind, but I'm like, I'm like getting excited to eat healthy and get a routine, <laughs> re- routine again. It was just chaos. You're just, That's, it's just nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, it's chaos until January 1st. And then January 1st with all the, like, new year, new you kind of stuff. You're not wrong. This hasn't even begun. Week 17. You got anything anything else notable for Christmas? Uh, I think that's the big stuff. Yeah. These bowl games are fun to watch, question mark. Just these college coaches are insane. Not not yet. No, they really haven't been. Like, I've... Even they will be in these games, yeah. But, but but they do that intentionally, like it's a build up to the better games. I, oh, I they mean, didn't even have a goal line camera in the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, there there's so much that's part of that game. Yeah. Did you see people tweeting about the uh, Bahama Bowl? Um, Apparently, there was just chaos. There was, there was no rules yeah. or regulations. Yeah, that's I'm awesome all about that. Yeah. Uh, week seventeen. I just have noted here that there's like. This is an, an interesting week in terms of back in the day, I felt like it was like really hard to figure out what games to bet on. But now that we're kind of more in the know and have a lot of research, et cetera, I think week 17 is just like, you just have to prepare more than other weeks. And a lot of people don't even like look at who's playing and stuff. They're still betting how the normal public does. So I think there's like a lot of value. You see these three to four point swings, but the other part of it is, you're also, this is all based on speculation. You're not sure what coaches are going to do, who they're actually going to sit, but there's a lot of interesting ways to look at many of these games. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I, I think there are some situations, and we'll get into this as we get into the games, but um, where you do have to consider all the different playoff implications and stuff like that. But yeah, there, there's definitely um, some value out there. It's just a different way to approach it. This better coverage head to our website we're just talking about bowl games but we'll have a preview for each of our each of the games one's about to kick off in i think 13 minutes got a nice unc temple game probably have that out in the background you can also follow oh, us yeah. on social on. better coverage on twitter and instagram we'll go through each of the week 17 games give you our thoughts where we're leaning uh, tell you what our favorite size and totals are and then for today, we'll go through a week 16 recap. Unclear if Theo prepared a sports Jeopardy, did you? Yeah, we got it. We got oh, it. Hell yeah. Nice. We've got Theodore Theories, soon to be sponsors, Red Zone Rants, and then our favorite Sunday games. For the games, I mean, there's obviously some games I just have no clue on, so probably just skip those and get into the ones that we ah, actually we'll have see. a read on. We'll see. You know, I said that. And, I might uh, be taking some I, of those. I, I initially wrote that down, but then – 
I went through everything. I was like, there's like 10 games I like. So <laughs> I guess we will go through probably every game. Yeah, so quickly, uh, you went 3-1-1. One, one. That puts you at 53.9% of the season. I went 3-2, and two, which puts me right behind you at 52.6% on the season. And then co-entry went 3-2, and two, which is now the worst of the three at 50.7% on the season. Um, so, so basically, uh, as, as far as super contests, it'll probably fall a little bit short. Um, but overall, there's, there's still some profitability here. And luckily, on the gambling side of things, outside of the super contests, you're not required to do five, and you can do more than five, etc. cetera. Um, but this is where the super contest stats lay at. And, like, it looks like this year, not like people didn't do that good in the contest. Like, I think I'm only, like, four back from the money, but that would mean I would need a lot of people to go 0-5 and, and me to go 5-0. and 0, But... Uh, overall, uh, I don't know if this is true, but it, it looked like it wasn't like the a year where there was a ton of people in like the 70, 80 percentile. Yeah, that's definitely right. I went uh, 63.1% last year, which was good for, I believe, 54th place. Um, so it, it's all of getting these, these um, few games accurate and – some of these swings in one point or the other can make a huge difference. Um, I feel as if this season, a lot of the picks that were made um, kind of favored the public, unfortunately, Um, which is always going to have a lesser effect to most of our entries. All right. Week 16 highlights. Cue the music. James Winston continues to be the most entertaining player in the NFL. How about that Saturday overall, Theo? Um, I'm all for Saturday football. James throws a pick on his first throw. They go down 10. Then almost brings his team back. Texans end up winning this game, which I tweeted was a game that looked like each offense was up 20 points in blitz. No matter who had the ball, there was fumbles, there was interceptions. Just none of it made sense, but it was fun to watch. Bills give Patriots a scare, but end up losing by seven. They do this in every single game. Feel like they lose by six or seven to the Patriots. Jimmy G beats the Rams in a shootout. The Rams Super Bowl hangover lasted all season long. They could end up being eight and eight, a 500 team. Falcons win a boring one against the Jaguars. Jags don't want to tackle anyone. They've now given up 1,137 rushing yards over the past six games. Dolphins winning overtime after Andy Dalton puts together a ridiculous comeback to tie the game. Had like a Hail Mary from the 30 or 40 yard line. I don't know how that happens. I don't know why they didn't go for two and just end the game. Who wants to watch the Dolphins and Bengals in overtime? I know I don't. Did you? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Panthers continue to look terrible. Will Greer looked awful. Got blown out by the Colts. Very unfortunate for Will Greer's dad because they kept showing him in the stands. And I think they had that camera on him in case Will Greer did really good, but instead he did really bad. And he just kept showing him. And he kept putting his hands over his eyes and just looked oh. more and more sad. And I was like, please stop showing this guy. So awkward. they kept showing him. Jets beat the Steelers in a snoozer. Mason Rudolph is put on IR. Steelers can somehow make the playoffs, which they'll get promptly blown out in, no matter who they play, I think. Giants win a shootout against the Redskins. Saquon wins a bunch of people their fantasy championships. Does that include you, Theo? Sure does. Includes me as well. Ravens take care of the Browns, who are having one of the most disappointing seasons of any NFL teams. That's the Browns, obviously. Ravens are crushing. Ravens clinch and will sit players this week. Chargers lose at home versus the Raiders because that's what the Chargers do. Oakland somehow can make the playoffs. We'll talk about that in a second. Drew Locke is back. But the Lions' dreadful season continues. Eagles win at home versus the Cowboys, win the division if they can beat the Giants this week, which is a very interesting scenario. Looks like Dak's injury may be more serious than Dallas is leading on. Cardinals win a shocker in Seattle, but mainly I think that was just a look-ahead spot against uh, for the Seahawks, who have the 49ers up this week. Chiefs destroy the Bears on Sunday night football because that's what we thought was going to happen. That's what did. Bears looked awful. And Aaron Rodgers proves his team can turn it on during primetime while Cousins' performance in these big games continues to be in question. And that's your week week 16 recap. After this, we'll have a week 17 recap next week, and then, then it's into playoffs. Playoffs? Okay. Anything else to hit on Christmas, week 16? No. Um, let's hit some theories up. This is a good one this week. Oh, this is a great one. Yeah, so this is all about week 17. So we open this up talking about – 
this just being a weird week. We have teams lobbying for playoff spots for first round buys. Uh, we have teams resting players who either have nothing to play for. We have bad teams where teams are tanking for draft picks. It's all part of the equation. So, so like we were saying, there's tons of different things to look into that might be different than the average week. Um, but these are just some overall statistics as far as week 17. Um, some of the big notables, and for the rest of this, you can read it on bettercoverage.com. Um, but small dogs have favored well in week 17, going 58.1% against the spread. So these are teams um, that have spreads of three or less. And then conversely, favorites of 10 plus have covered 65.4% of the time in week 17. Um, there are also some specific teams that have performed really well or not so well since week 17. Um, the Patriots as a whole have covered in week 17 77.8% of the time, by far the highest of any team since 2010. Um, the Steelers have not lost a game at all in week 17 since 2010, which I had to double check that like four times. Cause I was like, is this for real? Right. Uh, but it's the case. And then on the other side of the equation, the Browns have not won a week in week 17 since 2010, which is pretty crazy and a very interesting game this week. Um, as far as against the spread, the worst team is the Dolphins, who have covered 12.5% of the time in Week 17 since 2010. Um, but, I, but I think a lot of the interesting stats really comes to the over-unders in Week 17. And surprise, surprise, people hate unders. Um, we've, we've found this in a bunch of different trends at this point, but nothing too surprising from my perspective it's just realizing how much value there is on the under, typically always. But in week 17 specifically, the under has hit 56.3% of the time. The sweet spot for sure is when the total is uh, 40.5 to 45. Um, the under has hit 64.1% of the time, which is pretty crazy. Um, it's actually profitable to take the under anytime the total is 50 or less when the total is over 50, that's when the script starts to flip a bit and overs are actually 64.3% um, in those instances. So that's an opportunity um, to bet the over if you wish to do so. Yeah, I think in the spreads, it's almost like the, the when the spreads are 0 to 3, 3.5 to 7, that's almost Vegas baiting the public. And oh, yeah. then usually those underdogs, those short dogs cover where the, the 10 plus one, that's where the public is kind of you know, scared from, from so many points, but it's like, it gets to a point where these teams are such big favorites and the teams are playing usually either have nothing to play for or just like complete trash. And in week 17, they just take advantage, maybe wanting to get momentum going into the playoffs. And then the over-unders make sense too, because I don't know, a lot of, a lot of these teams are playing are sitting players trying to keep people healthy. So just running the ball a lot. So then one final thing for week 17 is that was looking at teams that need to make the playoffs versus teams that have no chance to make it in. Um, and I'm not talking about seeding teams that have already made it. I, I mean, this team needs to be, win to get into the playoffs. The teams that have nothing to play for are hitting at a 63% rate against the spread which I think makes sense because they're, they're just playing looser. They try new things. They don't, they don't go conservative. Also the lines probably overinflated because the public just sees it and says, Hey, this team has to win. So they're going to when I think they just play a lot more tight. And it's just, it's just harder for them to, to play in a way that, that they're going to both win and cover the spread. There's chances for backdoor covers. Uh, you look back in 2018, the Ravens were six-point favorite against the Browns, only one by two. Steelers were thirteen-point favorite against the Bengals, only one by two. So, um, I think that scenario for this week is teams that fit that formula: are Cowboys, Eagles, Steelers, Titans, Raiders. Uh, we'll get to those, but oh yeah, definitely makes sense. Got some quiz? Got a quiz? Yeah. So we get, we got five questions for you this week. 
but I kicked this podcast off week one telling my week 17 bad beat story from last year that cost me quite a bit of money in the Super Contest. What mm-hmm. teams were playing in that game and which player ruined it for me? And a bonus if you remember the situation. So it was the Cowboys. Dak threw it to Cole Beasley, correct? That's right. Correct. They were playing, and I don't know, Bills? Giants. Giants. I saw I saw blue and I saw white. But yeah, definitely, definitely Dak. Definitely threw it to Beasley. The reason I bring this up is not to pain myself of this bad beat again. This was a scenario when the Cowboys had nothing to play for. They said, we're going to play our players. And everybody in the world, including myself, including Vegas, because the Giants were actually favored by seven points in this game, thought, there's no way. They have nothing to play for. But they did. So it just all goes to show you, like, be very, very careful. Learn from my mistake. Yeah, you just don't know what these coaches. They could be lying. Uh, which five teams have the longest playoff drafts? Five teams have the longest playoff drafts. That has to be Lions? No. What? Browns? Yes. Jets? Yes. Titans? No. Bengals? Yes. Dolphins? No. What? <laughs> and then we have, uh, well, they might be tied. I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Another but... scenario where you don't know <laughs> the answer to the questions you're giving me. Well, the Bucks for sure. Yeah. And then uh, Cardinals. And then I don't think there were teams tied with it, but I'll double check after this. But anyway, so the Browns have the longest playoff drought. How long is it? 15 years. 17 years. Whew. Two teams specifically have significant losing streaks in the playoffs. Um, so these are teams that have made, but just keep losing and losing and losing. Who are those two teams and how long are those stretches of losing streaks? I'm going to say Titans. Nope. Texans. Nope. Yeah. So it is the Lions and the Bengals. The Lions have lost nine playoff games in a row. And the Bengals have lost eight playoff games. <laughs> Why even play? So did I lose? Yeah, we're going to give you the L. All right. Um, soon to sponsor. Who do you got? Um, soon to be sponsor. I had, I, I kind of have two, sort of. Okay. Um, so the first one is export. Um, so being home for the holidays I just take my brother's membership and go to their gym. And I haven't been to like a public gym like that in quite a while and forgot how awesome steam rooms are. So it's really, it's really about the steam rooms. It's like a luxury. Unlike any other, like you feel 50,000 times better afterwards. And honestly, afterwards I was like looking up like where I could go do this near my home basically are you your steam over sauna oh not not even in question really yes see the thing with me is steam creeps me out i feel like all the all the steam is touching everyone and then touching me yeah but you shower sweating on each other to i know but when i'm in there oh i can't help but i don't get that feeling with sauna sauna is just like a it's a struggle in there. I like the struggle. Well, it's hidden gross in there. Yeah. There's people also a lot of weird people. There's some antics in steam and sauna rooms that are pretty unexplainable. This one guy was stretching in front of me, butt naked stretches that like you shouldn't be doing naked. Yeah. I'm, I'm not about that. <laughs> no. So you're soon to be sponsors, right, just right. saunas across steam rooms across America. Well, it was really, it, it was like kind of export, but more so steam rooms. And then on the heels of our uh, forensic files conversation last week, um, saw a ton of ads coming out for a Netflix special on January 15th, combining like my two favorite things into one, the Aaron Hernandez killer inside three-part story. What are your favorite things? 
like just those, Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> the, definitely not. But those types of documentaries and football and maybe a mix in between. We'll see. Ooh. Who you got? All right. So, yeah. <laughs> I got soon to be sponsor Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes. And I, you know, my note here is Buffalo Wild Wings is a lot like week 17. There's a lot of options on the menu, some good, some bad, but you can find a good tasty option in week 17 to bet on. And both at Buffalo Wild Wings, which for me is the boneless Parmesan garlic. I don't imagine a scenario where you can eat that and not be satisfied with it. Um, it it's a little too much for me. Like I, we go. I could have like one or two of those, but then it's like, what's too much? The flavoring. Really? Yeah. It's like, whoa. It's like a dessert. I, I don't know what it is. It's just like too much. But Buffalo. So what's your flavor? Um, Buffalo uh, medium. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I couldn't remember like the flavors, but uh, medium. And then every once in a while we'll venture out into other stuff, but mainly Buffalo medium. Yeah. One last thing on Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, my rant is kind of associated, but whoever made that, that heat, heat, what is it? Heat map? Thermometer? Heat map is just wrong. A lot of those are way off. Spicy garlic is way more spicy than they, they lead on. There's also a few that are up there. There's like a barbecue one that's not hot at all. That's up there. There's some near the bottom. Asian zing is not hot and it's kind of in the middle. Uh, I don't understand who made that. It's a quick adjustment too. Everyone has the same thoughts. That thing's that thing's bogus. Calling for a recount. Calling for it. Which I guess that's sort of a rant. So going to my red zone rant. You know what really grinds my gears? Which I'm not sure if we've talked about this before. So correct me if we have or have not. But I'm just gonna call out like Buffalo Wild Wings sports clips, any sports bar, anywhere where they're marketing and the intention of people going to this place is to watch sporting events in some manner like 90 percent of the time they don't have on what you want to be watching and then it's this whole debacle to ask them to put it on and 100 100 percent of the time if you ask them to switch a channel it's going to take two or three more asks they need to make a company who just sends out like schedules to all them like here's what games need to be on and i'm talking i'm not even talking about the big ones it should be to a t like if you have 13 TVs in your spot, every one of them should be strategically placed on whatever program's going on. Don't have one that has like a replay of golf and then another one that has kids skateboarding in California or something, especially sports book. Like get this soccer game off. It's a replay. Put on I know, I know that Dolphins Bengals is not a game people want to watch, but some people do. And the one quick story anecdotally for this is I went to Sport Clips you, back when I used to get haircuts. This was like 10 years ago or something. <laughs> and the Cubs game was on every TV. And I walked in and I sat down. I was like, hey, can you put this, the Sox game on? Place is packed. She walks to the back and turns it on. What they got going on at the Sports Clips is that all the TVs are hooked are to one cable box. One. So, so every game turned into socks and everyone knew it was me and people started yelling at me. I was Which like, is fair. I, I assumed that we had different options here. Um, so who knows what's going on? I think I stopped going because of it. I hope other people did. Too. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I, I do recall there are some, some bars though that do get it right where um, there's been places that um will put signage under the tvs that are literally just printouts of which game is going to be on which tv like before nfl sunday yeah the best bars ever but we we've even talked about this in sports books before i don't get it needs to stop oh totally well that is a little different and i kind of get it because um say like somebody comes in who's a big 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 better and they put a massive sum on a game, they do deserve precedent. Oh, uh, for sure. But I'm talking about when they, instead of that game on, they have a replay of Pirates World Series. And oh, yeah. Axe throwing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. 
right now. Who you got? Um, I, I texted you this already and we started chatting about it, but it's that Christmas Eve BYU-Hawaii game um, in two different instances. So we started talking about one of them where how in the world do we not have goal line cameras that are not just those pylon cameras that are terrible, but literally just cameras sitting on the goal line, like literally the most important factor of the game. Um, that there should just be two cameras at all times on both sides of the field. Like, it's just absolutely crazy. And then later in the game, it was 34-31, so like a very substantial point in the game. Um, when the kid got too much height on a 41-yard <laughs> yeah. field goal. So this, yep. th- we're not talking about like a chip shot that he just like sky mailed. This is from 41, and it got too much height and went, over the goalpost, which is not reviewable, which is just insane. Like, what are we doing? Just make the the goalpost higher. Like, it has zero negative effect to the game whatsoever. This is How, if this if something similar happened in the NHL, they would fix it the next day. No question, because there would be no argument the other way. Like, who in the world is like, no, we have to keep it <laughs> at this height. We need like it there. It's not like basketball where like it would change someone's shot or something. Like it, it's good for all parties. Maybe it's affecting the flight trajectory of birds or something. I don't. I don't know what the argument is, but there is no argument. There has to be. But change I, I get there when sports betting becomes legal across the United States. This this shit won't fly across the board. Oh, no way. Because there was, I had I, money on the was, over and I'm sitting there and like, you don't have a goal line camera. <laughs> yeah. I know no one cares, but like, but people are watching at home. There's millions of dollars on this game. And I love how probably the announcers had the same thoughts that we did, but they're like not allowed to say it. Oh yeah. Like, this, like and this is the best angle we got. You definitely can't tell. I'm like, come on, just mention that someone screwed up there. Scott Hansen does it. Scott Hansen like, does it because yeah. We'll show you this because uh, it has some implications for some people. Right. It's just just say betting. You know, we're not children anymore. A lot of us aren't. If you're listening, you're a child. You probably figure for you. Out. Yeah, maybe good for you. All right, I like that rant. We good? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so week seventeen. Smartest thing here, mention the game, say what the playoff situation is, and then where we're leaning. For a lot of these, it's not necessarily looking at historically how they've done per se. It's a lot of just like, where's the motivation? How have they been doing in week 17? Who are they playing? Who are they sitting? So not going to get into a lot of like stats from like a a performance standpoint. It's it's really just for, for these about motivation. Uh, starting with Bears, plus one versus Vikings. Total here is 37. Vikings have clinched the playoff berth. I imagine they rest their players. They came out and said they would. Trubisky's interviewing for next year, but does it really matter? Like, if he, There's nothing that can happen in this game for me to be like, all right, Mitch is our quarterback, right? I think there is nothing he can do that can solidify his spot. I think there's a performance where he could lose his job. Got it. All right. Well, Bears are still worst because they didn't cover again last week. Three, 11, and one against the spread. Whew. Hopefully that switches next year so we can just bat against the spread on the Bears every week. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that would be nice. It would. The Vikings are 6-13 and 13 against the spread in week 17. Bears always play the Vikings well. They won in week four. Um, they're 5-0 and oh against the spread in the last 15 in Minnesota. I just really don't have a read on the side. I don't know what either team's going to do. I like the under, regardless of who plays, probably just run the ball. The under is 29 and 18 at home, at home games for Mike Zimmer. And the under is hit in seven of the Bears' last nine games. Divisional rematch usually hits the under, but again, it's it's week 17. I guess if I had to pick a side, I, I would pick the Bears based on the motivation factor, but no, no strong, strong lean here. Yeah, I would lean toward the Bears as well. It's definitely not my favorite, but for the reasons that 
Vikings should sit everyone. We'll see. Um, Mitch fighting for a job to an extent. Um, and then the fact that the Bears without a draft pick really have nothing to gain by losing right. and nothing to lose by winning, which I guess is probably a confusing statement. But all goes it to say, like, cool. in a lot of these situations, um, most of these teams in these spots would actually fare better losing, but the Bears are not in that scenario. Um, so I'll, I'll lean to the Bears for this one. Yeah, and the, the only reason that Minnesota would play anyone would be because they kind of shit the bed last week, maybe get some momentum, have Cousins throw a few touchdowns, but then you risk him doing terrible against right. a good Bears defense and you go into the playoffs feeling like shit. So no lean either way. Uh, if I if I had to pick, I guess Bears, but I'll, I'll be on the under. Jets, Bills, Jets are one and a half point underdogs. Total here again is thirty seven. This line opened at Bills as four and a half point favorites, so a, a massive move here, mainly because the Bills have clinched the playoff berth and have nothing to play for. They said they will rest their players at some point. It's just unclear when. So one thing before I get too far, Theo, if, if the Jets win, what will their final record be? Uh, seven and nine. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. When I saw that, I was like, seven and nine. I wow. mean, they've really showed some life as of late. And like, if you look back through our picks, we've taken the Jets a substantial yep. amount of time. I haven't looked at the full thing, but I would guess that it's more than any team – every single week. And for me, um, I'm going to take them again. Um, so I'm going to take the bills in this, or <laughs> I'm going to take the jets Hello. in this spot here. Uh, the bills are locked up into that number five seed. Um, there's really nothing that tells me the line actually suggests that they're going to sit pretty much everybody. Um, and the jets did show some life with an upset last week against the Steelers. And um, I think, we talked about the small dogs in week 17. I think everything just aligns in this scenario for me. Yeah. And they should be motivated in this divisional matchup. They still have a number one rushing defense where even regardless of who the bills play, they're probably just going to try to run the ball. Jets have some key players back on defense. I definitely think it's the right side. Only worry is they've only covered once on the road this year, but they should have an advantage with that rushing defense, with having more motivation. Assuming it's going to be a low-scoring game, uh, the under has hit in four of the last five games for both of these teams. Also a cold December day in Buffalo. So run the ball, get out of this game for the for the Bills. They don't really care if they win or lose. Jets have that number one defense and some, some players back and healthy. So I'm on the Jets as well. Give me the under too. Saints minus 13 versus Panthers. Unlike the other two games, here's a scenario – where the Saints have to win, they can get the number two or num they have to win to improve their seeding. So they have the number two or number three seed. Uh, I think I'll just read the playoff situation. New Orleans can clinch a first round bye with a win against Carolina, plus a Green Bay loss or tie, a win plus a loss or a tie by San Francisco, a tie plus a loss by Green Bay or San Francisco, or San Francisco loss plus a Green Bay win or tie. And then I won't read again because I just read that and confused <laughs> me. Basically, they can also, in a certain scenario, clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs, which is huge for New Orleans. I would say the Saints and Seahawks are two teams that home field advantage means yeah, so much to them. They're going to want to win this game is, is the long story short. Exactly. Panthers are completely dead. Greer looked awful last week. Here's the points allowed by the Panthers' defense in the past, I think, five or six weeks. 40, 29, 34, 29, 24, 20, 51, 30, 38. So that's even more. That's like six or seven weeks. Uh, they can't stop anyone. They can't score the ball. I like the Saints. I like the over. Saints have covered in each of their last six road games. Past 13 overall, they're 10 and 3. Over has hit in five of the last six Panthers games. So I'm just treating this like a standard, normal week 13, 14 game. Like the Saints to keep covering. I know it's a big number, but the Panthers are completely dead and the Saints just keep covering this line. I think has also jumped like five points. I think it opened around nine or something. I'm totally with you. I don't see how they don't win by a substantial amount. Maybe this is going to be easy to get our five picks this week. Um, this is 
just a hell of a team. And we did talk about uh, the week 17 insights as well with uh, those big double digit favorites covering. Um, and we've seen these double digits uh, favorites cover throughout the year. We've provided those stats too. So, yep, I'm taking the Saints as well. Cool. And Sean Payton's also the type of coach. And he knows how motivation works. If he can get Kamara going again, he had two touchdowns last week, maybe get in the end zone a few more times. Uh, that'll just, just help the Saints overall. Browns, Bengals, what do you think the attendance of this game will be? Um, I will say it'll be like 8,000 people. How much would I have to pay you to go to the game? Flight included, ticket included, lodging included. So all those are included. Is that enough or do I, you need money too? I would take a free trip. I've, I've never been there. Okay. You can go there at another <laughs> time. Anyway, Bengals yeah, Send me a in. check. I'll send you a bill. <laughs> well, I will. That sounded like a sweet song. Send me a check. I'll send you the bill. Anyway. Send me a check. I'll send you the bill. See? Told you. The Bengals locked in not a playoff spot, but the number one pick. So we finally don't have to worry about a situation where the Bengals are purposely tanking. I do lean the, lean the Bengals here. They should be able to run the ball against this terrible Browns defense. Similar to last week, I, it just seems like this is going to be the season where everything goes wrong. And where's the motivation for the Browns here? But the Bengals did lose 27-13 in week 14. Um, but on the other side, the Browns are 2-8 and eight against the spread over their last 10. They failed to cover in their last six. I lean the Bengals. I, I don't necessarily want to put a lot, if any, money on them, but I think that's the play here. Yeah, I agree with you. I lean to them. I'd be a lot more comfortable if it was at 3, 3.5. Right. Um, but because of that, I just can't do it. But I definitely lean towards the Bengals as well. Cool. Packers minus 12 and a half versus the Lions. Total here is 42.5. This one opened around nine and a half. It's now almost up to 13. So this one's very similar to the, the Saints for me. Only difference is the Packers haven't played that well against the Lions historically. Also have struggled to cover these big numbers. They can clinch a first round uh, by with a win and then some other things need to happen and go their way. Uh, and they can also clinch home field advantage. But Main point is, similar to Saints, they need to win. And the Lions are a mess. Lost past three, each by double digits. They're playing for nothing. Could be a, a get-right spot for Rodgers, similar to getting Kamara going for the Saints. Uh, Aaron Jones has been running the ball well, but Rodgers necessarily hasn't been the Aaron Rodgers we know. So I was going to say no and love, but I don't love Rodgers. So could be a scenario where Rodgers gets going, throws a, a few touchdown passes before getting into that, that first round by scenario, I, I lean the Packers minus 12 and a half. Yeah. I lean to the Packers as well. The, the problem for me is they've only beat two teams all season by more than 12.5, which is the current spread for this. That was the Raiders and giants. Um, so while I lean to the Packers, I really don't love this spot for that factor as well as uh, the total being a lot lesser being at 42.5. Um, I'm not going to bet against them in this scenario, but I, I don't think this is the greatest spot. Yeah, you said you were going to say Raiders and Giants. You kind of combined it and said Ragers, I think, which is kind of a cool <laughs> really? name. Yeah, isn't that? That'd be a sweet, like the New Orleans Ragers. Ragers, that's, yeah. And, and that reminded me just, I don't know why, after Ragers, Savages, that'd be a cool name. Like the Buffalo Savages, everything would make sense. Oh, like every kid, like 15 to 19, would have a Savage jersey. They would all be Savages. So Raiders savage. and Savages, I will add to my list that I don't so have. So Savage. <laughs> yeah, that's the – the more I talk about it, actually, Savages I don't like. That's yeah, a word. It's like we the most millennial thing of all time. But yeah. Ragers, though, we can go with Ragers. So lean, lean Packers, but probably neither of us are going to – throw money on that maybe maybe tease Packers down if you're looking for a bet Chargers plus eight and a half versus Chiefs total here is 45 and a half playoff situation here is the Chiefs can clinch a first round bye with a win against the Chargers and a loss by New England these two teams are playing both at noon and by two teams I mean the Patriots and the Chiefs so it's not a scenario where the Chiefs will know what's happening 
before uh, they play, but it could be a scenario. Yeah. I, I would assume that they'll be scoreboard watching. And 100%. If, if the Patriots go up big, they could pull Mahomes, pull their starters. I lean Chiefs if this was a scenario where they needed to win and let's say maybe the Patriots played after them. But the Chargers in themselves are not too unpredictable. This could be a game where for some reason they just come out and have an awesome offensive performance and don't turn the ball over. Seems like a random game where I never know what to do with the Chargers. So I lean the Chiefs, but there's too many question marks to to put money on them. 100% agree with you. I, I lean with the Chiefs. Um, Andy Reid is an incredibly smart guy, and there's probably a number that they have set where if it's like if the Patriots are up by 21 or whatever, um, we're going to pull everybody, including Mahomes. Um, so I think that's like the big concern for me is just like the scoreboard watching. And you better believe like that's going to be um, on the big scoreboard and all the fans like cheering are, and stuff. Exactly. I've been to games in those scenarios where they either cheer if the other team scores or it's just like a murmur in the crowd as the scoreboard goes up. Um, So for that reason, I'd be very careful. I would say if if you want to take the Chiefs in this game, look to take them in the first half to cover. Good point. Speaking of the Patriots, they are 15 and a half, 15 and a half point favorites against the Dolphins. Total here is 45. Playoff situation, Patriots can clinch a first-round bye with a tie or win against the Dolphins. I'm personally rooting for a tie. That'd be cool. And Or a Kansas City loss. So Patriots, they're going to go out. They're going to try to win this game. There's a risk of a backdoor cover with Fitzpatrick always, but specifically in this situation where similarly, if the, if the Patriots are up so much, like why wouldn't they pull their starters? historically, I think that the Dolphins have played the Patriots well, but not this year. They, they lost 43-0 to zero in week two. All the money, 70% of the money is on the Dolphins, which makes sense because when I saw this line, I was like 15 and a half is so much. But the Dolphins can, can hurt their draft spot by winning, and they've done enough this, this season where, I mean, we saw what we had to see. It's like we get it. Fitzpatrick has some energy in your team if they get the right players, can can make some noise. But I I would assume the Patriots blow out the Dolphins here, go up like so much that they pull their starters and, and still cover. Miami's 0-7 in their last seven in New England. Uh, Patriots, we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, they're one of those teams, they're, they're 78% against the spread in Week 17 since 2010, while the Dolphins are the exact opposite. They're not, yeah, 12%. Would that be the exact opposite? 78 plus 12? No, it wouldn't. But the Dolphins are 12% is my, is my point here. Um, so lean Patriots, my worry is that, that backdoor cover situation, but I just see them blowing them out. I leaned at the Patriots as well. I, I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that they won't win. Um, to your point of um, sitting people, I think there's a 0% chance that that happens until there's maybe like two minutes left total. I think the game plan might change. But the fact of the matter is if they win this game, that they get that first round by. And that means right. a whole lot. And I think in no scenario, even if they're up a lot, do they take their team out of this game? And unless it is literally sealed, which is like fourth quarter. Um, I, I think they would just change the game plan and run the clock and slow it down and stuff like that. Cool. Falcons pick for Buccaneers, total here is 48. Both teams are obviously out of the playoffs. Uh, Atlanta, the Falcons are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. And now they're playing a banged-up Buccaneers squad who we saw last week. Like, they can still score, but it, it, it just looked a lot harder for them. And as many chances as James was taking before, it seems like he's got to take a lot more now because he just can't trust these receivers. Um, so it's like every possession, they just got to try to – force the ball into one of these random people. They, uh, the Buccaneers or that the Falcons beat the Jaguars 24, 12. Then they crushed the Panthers the week before that. And they beat the 49ers. They, they've won six of their last eight. They're now six and nine. Julio's on fire. Their defense has really stepped it up. Winston's thrown 28 interceptions this year. Unbelievable. And the Bucks are 0 and six against the spread at home this season. Uh, bet on them on the road, but, uh, 
when they're at home. Usually they, they don't cover. That's been a, a trend over the last few years. And the Falcons did lose 35-22 at home in week 12. We wrote an article earlier that teams that that win the first matchup, win the second matchup, I think 55% or something like that at the time. So I'll watch out there, but I think the Falcons are too too hot and the, the Buccaneers have so many injuries that I, I lean the Falcons. Uh, I like the Falcons in this one for sure. So um, in addition to the Jets, the Falcons as of late are probably um, the other team I've backed quite a bit. Um, for that reason, they've essentially been – hot the past couple of weeks their offensive has been solid the entire season the bucks are a little bit banged up um james can lose the game at any moment as you mentioned 28 picks which is absolutely crazy um where i think um you know they'll, they'll essentially try to keep up with each other and that just puts james in an even more prone position to throw some picks right Steelers minus two versus Ravens. Total here is 38. Pittsburgh playoff situation can clinch with a win or tie plus a Tennessee loss. And then if Tennessee loses and the Colts win and Oakland loses and other things happen, then Pittsburgh can get in. But basically they can clinch a win, clinch a playoff berth with a win. Ravens are already locked in. They already have home field advantage. Mason Rudolph's on IR. Duck Hodges is playing again. So we got Hodges versus RG3. How's that sound? I like RG3. Yeah. Ravens won 11 in a row. Maybe motivated to win. It's like they're sitting their key players, but I would assume their their bench players are out probably pretty good. And there's there's two a lot of unknowns here for they're me. Playing for jobs, I'll, playing for money. They took their gerbs. I'll bet the under. Uh, under is hitting seven straight Steelers games. They have a great defense, but terrible offense. Ravens will run the ball, keep it conservative. Uh, I don't know. I, f- I feel like you know, Ravens have won 11 in a row. They, they're at home. Like, why not just go into the playoffs with 12 in a row and beat a, a, a rival in the Steelers, knock them out of the playoffs, even if you have backup players? I, I still, I think, like the Ravens here. Yeah, I like the Ravens as well. I don't think in any scenario I could – Bet on Devlin Hodges on the road from what I've seen from him. Um, and as far as the Steelers go, they'll all be scoreboard watching, and rightfully so. And if the Titans somehow get up big early, it's going to be over for them, like motivation wise. Right. Um, so I think that's like an additional risk to the scenario. So I lean the Ravens, not my favorite. Titans minus three and a half versus Texans. Total here is 45 and a half. Houston's on the road regardless. Titans need this game way more. They need to win. Texans have claimed that they're going to play all their starters. Who knows if that's true or not. Titans need this game. It's that situation I called out that teams who need it uh, historically haven't performed that well. But it's the Texans, this is, a, this is a different situation here. It's not like the Texans are out of the playoffs and um, we don't know what – exactly their game plan is going to be so there's too many question marks for me I'll, I'll probably stay away from this one I agree I'd stay away too I'd lean towards the Titans again I can't imagine why in the world you'd play your players but I've been wrong about it before and that's why I brought that whole scenario up in the first place um is for like a situation like this exactly is you don't know what's going to happen and nobody else does until it happens right all right, Redskins plus 11 versus Cowboys. Playoff scenario here is Cowboys are in with a win over the Redskins and an Eagles loss to the Giants, which uh, that, that scenario for some reason just seems right to me. I feel like the Cowboys are going to get in just how terrible this division has been. I don't has know. Been. We'll see. Possibly no Dwayne Haskins, Keenum interviewing for a, for a, a spot here, both for this team and others. Uh, that That's not for sure that Keenum started, but – there's been been word that he's going to start. He's going to start. All right. 11 seems like a lot, but the Redskins offense and defense has so many injuries. They're down to their ninth and 10th cornerbacks. The guys that you saw play, play last week are the guys that are playing this week. And Daniel Jones and the Giants just dominated that Redskins defense. It's also unclear, though, how healthy Dak is and all the pressures on Dallas to win. They haven't showed up in these spots all season long. 
Dak clearly is, I think, more injured than they're saying. So I lean the Cowboys. Uh, 11 seems like a lot, though. Yeah, I lean to the Redskins. I think Keenum's an upgrade over Haskins for sure. Um, Same kind of scenario where Cowboys will be scoreboard watching him um, basically to see if the Giants are staying competitive. And that's going to have a big impact to motivation for the rest of the game. Um, For that reason, I just think it's a very, like, risky scenario. And I just lean towards the Redskins. Cool. Colts minus three and a half versus Jaguars. Both teams out of the playoffs here. I I like the Colts at minus three and a half. This was the same situation last week where they were playing for nothing and they crushed the Panthers. They said they were going to try new things, and they did. They tried to uh, hurry up offense at the beginning, and I think one of their guards got injured, and they couldn't really do that. But point here is they have a way better coaching staff. They look like they have some motivation where the Jaguars don't even want to tackle anyone, keep talking about how many rushing yards they've been giving up, specifically over their last six games. It's over 1,000. Colts are healthier. Mac is back. Um Colter 67% against the spread in week 17 since 2010. And I, I just think this is a scenario where Colts want to feel good about their season to an extent and, and get a win here versus the, the terrible Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to take the Jacks in this one. Oh um, there's about 80% of the action back in the Colts on the road. Um, the line which was basically like pre-injury status and stuff like that um, was actually favored for the Jags by one. So this is shifted about four and a half points, which was largely based off health implications and things like that. Um, But I really like to take teams in those scenarios Um, when it shifts that many points. I don't think anybody um, is of that status to shift it that much and we'll give it to the shoe to finish strong on the season. I'm not going out betting on the Jets. <laughs> I, I hear you. It's just not happening. Eagles, Giants. The Eagles minus four and a half. This is in New York or New Jersey or wherever the hell Giants play. Total here is 45. Playoff situation, Philadelphia can clinch the NFC East with a win against the Giants uh, or a Dallas loss. Giants would love to knock the Eagles out of the playoffs here. Reminder a few weeks ago that the Eagles barely beat the Giants in overtime. Eagles have no weapons on the outside. This is the same team that lost to the Dolphins. They might have Jordan Howard back, which will, which would help. I think it's a letdown spot for for the Eagles here, where everything was saying basically if if the Eagles win against the Cowboys, they're in. But that's that's not true. They still have to win tomorrow or Sunday or a few days, whenever Sunday is. So give me the Giants. This is this is a, again like a Giants Super Bowl. The few times that they had this situation with like Eli back, they they showed up. Uh, Saquon's got it going. Shepard and Golden Tate, other wide receivers on the Giants, can exploit this this Eagles secondary. I just think there's a lot of motivations for the Giants where the Eagles are going to play tight, even if they win. Maybe it's by like three or four, four and a half, five. That's still that's still a lot for them to cover. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm on the Giants as well. The Eagles have all the pressure in this scenario. I think there's some inflation to the line based off. The um, uh, playoff implications. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, they have to win this game. So because of that, I think it's overinflated. I think the Giants have shown some life in the past couple couple of weeks. Uh, Pat Shermer, the head coach, I think needs to win this game to keep his job. I think that's some motivation into it. Um, The Eagles have had injuries just throughout the season, and that's continuing now with Zach Ertz, who's – arguably been their best offensive threat. Um, right. I'll take the Giants in this one. And the, the Sirens agree. I was just going to say the Sirens are going out for the Giants. And we're out of time. We're out of time. That's it. Raiders plus three versus Broncos. Total here is 41. I'm going to read this playoff situation word for word because it's hard to memorize. And I want to preface this by saying it's not too crazy for all this to happen. It's kind of crazy. I don't know. Oakland can clinch a playoff berth, but many things need to happen. First, Oakland must win against Denver, possible. Then it needs losses by Pittsburgh, possible, and Tennessee, possible, and a win by Indianapolis, possible. If all that happens, Oakland would hold a strength of victory tiebreaker versus Pittsburgh. 
if one of the following, Chicago, Detroit, the Chargers, or New England win. So tons need to happen. I, I actually think like Gruden just re- reading the scenario and reading his body language and his choices of who's playing, I'm not even sure he wants to make the playoffs. It's like he, he knows <laughs> he doesn't have a team that can go that far. They've talked about players who are like on the cusp or um, are injured but may came back and j- like Josh Jacobs and he's just like, yeah, they're, they're not going to play. Um, same argument for the Giants that I have for the Broncos here. It's a letdown spot for the Raiders. Broncos, I think, are just like a much better – not much better, but a better, better, healthier team, especially at home. Got the cold weather, got the altitude here in uh, Denver. I don't know why I said here. I'm not there. Raiders are bad at stopping the run and quick passes, which, which the Broncos excel at. Block can beat these, these, these bad secondaries. He beat up on Detroit Texans and Chargers. And besides that, that Chargers win last week, the Raiders were kind of a mess the three or four weeks before that. All the pressure on the Raiders. Uh, I'm going to fade, fade Gruden after a win here. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll pick the Broncos, which is another team I feel like we've picked quite a bit during this yeah, contest. Yeah, yeah they can't uh, make the postseason, but I'm with you. They've, they've played hard down the stretch. They've won three of their last four. And there, there would be no better feeling, like, as a player, once you're out. Like, I hate these guys. Like, right. knock them out, basically. Get them out. Um, so, so, like – the mantra of like oh they've they've quit like it's just not true at all especially at that level um so yeah i'm with you i like the broncos in this one and there some videos got posted yesterday which is just coming up but i i saw it when when i left vegas i think two weekends ago they just started like putting not the finishing pieces but you can kind of see how the the la the lost not LA, Las Vegas Stadium is going to look for the Raiders. And I was driving, like, in my Uber to the airport. I was like, holy shit, that's badass. Like, the outside is kind of reflective black. And it just – it looks like it's going to be a very intimidating, at the minimum, cool stadium to look at. Have you have you seen those videos? Uh, I've, I've driven past it a couple times. Yeah, it, it looks doesn't cool. look crazy. Yep. Yeah. Cardinals, Rams – Cardinals plus three. I have absolutely no read here. I don't know how long Murray will play, if at all. Both teams have nothing to play for. Um, literally no clue on this one. I lean to the Rams just for the fact that there's no reason that Kyler should be playing in this game. Um, right. Just for like the future of his health. There, there's no upside to playing him. So I'll lean to the Rams. Cool. And finally, 49ers, Seahawks, 49ers are minus three and a half. Total here is 47. 49ers can clinch the NFC West with a win. Um, alternatively, they can clinch, not alternatively, also they can clinch a first round bye with a win or a tie coupled with a loss um, by Green Bay or New Orleans. Seattle, on the other hand, can clinch the NFC West with a win. And then they can clinch a first round bye with a win and a Green Bay loss. And then they can clinch home field advantage with a variety of other things, big losses by Green Bay and New Orleans. All this is to all of this is to say both teams want to win this game. Seattle was looking ahead to this game, in my opinion, last week when they they lost to the Cardinals, knew that they had to win this game regardless. Um, we've talked about it the pre- the previous like three or four podcasts that Seahawks eleven wins of the eleven, ten have come by a single possession. I think their their margin of victory overall is probably down to like plus three or something if they lost by nearly 20 last week or whatever it was. Uh, they're completely banged up. Beast mode is back. Two of their running backs went down last week. Defense has been terrible. Points allowed in their last four, 27-24-38-30. And they lost their center, uh, blocking linemen. They lost a guard. I just think there's too much on Russell Wilson's shoulders. I like the 49ers as well. I, I think they're just a more complete team all around. Um, and I think that's been the case for the season. And um, despite Marshawn coming back, I, I think um, that's like way too big of a gamble in that scenario. Um, so, yeah, I'm with the 49ers too. All right. So we will regroup, figure out our picks, and we'll be right back.
And we're back. That was actually very quick. We're going to go with Giants, Jets, Saints, Falcons, Broncos. Those are our picks for week 17. But we'll, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back with uh, some playoff, a playoff podcast for the wildcard weekend. And then probably do a Super Bowl one with all the props and stuff. Um, so yeah. you haven't heard the last of us. They'll get shorter and sweeter. But... They will get shorter and a lot sweeter. I would agree with that. And uh, reminder, head to bettercoverage.com for – all our bowl previews, and then I know fantasy seasons are over, but get into daily fantasy. We have articles every week on our favorite daily fantasy lineups for tournament plays, and that's it. Anything else? Ah, that's it. Let's do it. All right. Peace. Later.